yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit hungover, so I have to apologise my uh, lack of energy. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it, it, this is the perfect show for me to do because it's kind of on autopilot, and it's you can do it on autopilot, and it's simple, and uh, and uh, it doesn't require thinking, so I can just speak my my mind, which is usually you know tits come fart fart boobs, <laughs> you know it doesn't require thinking to go those places, you know. Yeah. 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 It's This Week in Sleaze with your hosts, King Who and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Hello, welcome to This Week in Sleaze 9. Tidal Whitey Theater, Rock on Fire and Rebecca. Yes. There are probably about two or three people who are really now turned on to this episode when we are, have decided to mix up those two movies, Rock on Fire and Rebecca. And my name is Lisa Kay. We're gonna lead, I'm going to lead you through this together with the great Lord Joshua Regal. And I, I have no other way to introduce you, you this week because I'm so hungover. So just say hi. Hello, yeah. people. Robert Posh, Robert... You know, pre 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 diving into Stuart Ongsley's uh, that Yes. Yes. <laughs> trying to gird myself, trying to prepare. Mm, yes. You know? And and that is indeed the connection between these movies. Stuart Ong is in both and boy is he in uh, both. <laughs> I guess <laughs> He most assuredly is. Yes. He doesn't care if they're dead or if they have V D. <laughs> That would be such a great like tagline for a movie. He doesn't care if they're dead or has been dude. The Stuart Ong story. Biography. <laughs> well, anyway, let's uh, run through some brief contact information before we launch into this one. And this is This Week in Sleeves on the Podcast on Fire Network. You'll find this show and about six other ones on the website, podcastonfire.com. Our email is podcastonfire at googlemail.com, message forum, podcastonfire.com forward slash forum. And uh, if you have registered before, you can have access to the members-only archive. Uh, We don't take registrations right now due to good old uh, lottery spam bots and uh, free iPad spam bots and those kind of things. Uh, Still waiting for mine. My my lottery winnings and my iPad. But uh, uh, that's another matter. Uh, But... uh, Members-only stuff is extra content uh, from the shows, but we post those uh, extra that that extra content on in the bonus episode section on the website, uh, which is stuff that's only available on podcastonfire.com, not on iTunes, not on Stitcher. So if you want to have the extra content that we plug in the main shows, it's connected to, then head on over to podcastonfire.com. And we we were we were thinking of um, what what will probably be at least one of our bonus episodes is uh, will be at the tail end of our Rape by an Angel coverage when we do the Rape by an Angel five second fifth one, which is uh, unsubbed and shot on video. But so we, we'll we'll relegate that to the to the bonus episode or 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 the AKA for that is of course boner episodes, <laughs> and and it's still funny every time uh, yes. you, you you hear it. <laughs> But that, that's why we are who we are. 
Uh, anyway, we are who we are on Facebook as well, and uh, you can find us in two ways over there. Facebook.com forward slash POF Network is our page, and uh, you can interact with us there, but also in the Podcast on Fire Network discussion group, which you can find by just searching Podcast on Fire Network, and that group will pop up in the Facebook search box. And uh, also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Podcast on Fire. And follow my exploits, watching actual exploitation movies and, and the likes on SoGoodReviews.com. And that is a video reviewed on SleazyKVideo.com. The mixture of the kind of movies we're looking at tonight, Category 3 that is, and uh, Taiwanese, uh, Taiwanese movies, uh, horror movies from Hong Kong and Taiwan, New Wave from that period as well, and of course Ninjas, that uh, possibly is mixed up with... Uh, filth and Taiwanese movies uh, you know Richard Harrison next to a a Taiwanese movie or melodrama what have you IFD and Filmark could really mix it up well because I, I don't know if, if you have, have had this experience with IFD movies uh, yet but the best experience is when the source movies are so 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 fucking different to to the uh, <laughs> exactly. Ninja Commandments is the best example. It's a Taiwanese melodrama set over like forty, fifty years. Really punishing stuff. <laughs> uh, they mix that up with uh, a Richard Harrison ninja plot, uh, which must be set over forty, fifty years as well. But do you think they go to the lengths of aging the ninja? No. <laughs> of course not. Uh, and if, because the, the the two persons in the Taiwan melodrama have broken free from the ninja. Uh, ninja clan and broken the ninja commandments so they are punished in that way and that's so genius i mean they are punished and in that movie uh, okay this scene might have appeared in other ifd movies because it's so neutral but this movie does have it and it's the scene where richard harrison runs up a hill and draws his sword and does a pose and uh, shouts ninja yeah 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 <laughs> I've seen this clip. Yeah. It's intense. Uh, it's it's it's. He, oh my! He's so embarrassed, and he he's actually he has the ninja outfit that is uh, obviously brightly colored, but it uh, has, has has some glitter sections too, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, so it looks even more uh, embarrassing for him. <laughs> uh, but but God bless him. Uh, but anyway, um, that goes on on my site, SoGoodReviews.com and SleazyKVideo.com and follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com forward slash SoGoodReviews. And speaking again on iTunes, we are available on iTunes, so rate us there and leave us a comment if you like and subscribe to us if you prefer your podcasts delivered that way. But I personally prefer them uh, delivered via streaming service, for example, Stitcher, Stitcher.com. It's the site where you can download that application to your computer, but uh, you can also download it to the iPhone and the iPad and what have you. And it's a free application. And add us within Stitcher by searching Podcast on Fire Network, and you can add each individual show. Uh, you don't get everything clumped together, so that's all good. Um, and uh, before I do your plugging, uh, uh, before I let you do your plugging, uh, I'll uh, I'll uh, just say that uh, Shelf Life Clothing dot com is uh, the man behind shelflifeclothing.com is Brian Kirby he designed our intro and outro and you should go over to his uh, t-shirt store and buy some good old movie themed t-shirts some retro movie themed t-shirt uh, among other things the category free t-shirt that even turns up in a in a trailer for a, like a French reality TV show that uh, Mike Leader uh, has been part of and Mike Leader wears the Shelf Life Clothing Category 3 t-shirt in the uh, trailer. 
Nice. So uh, that's uh, good on you, Mike, and uh, I hope you catch that, catch that, Brian, uh, that, uh, that clip. But uh, regardless, Joshua, you have uh, two endeavors uh, out there in, on the internet, uh, mainly varied celluloid. So tell us about that. Uh, currently, varied celluloid I, finals with school have you know has just been killing me. So I haven't really been doing a whole lot, but uh, currently working on a few reviews. Um, should I just finished off the Walking Tall trilogy, which I think I mentioned on the last show. Mm-hmm. Um, and up next should be some pretty sleazy stuff, some more uh, Roman porno movies. Uh, I have. Um, which I just watched last night, Zoom Up, uh, The Beaver Book Girl. <laughs> Which totally I would love to hear the Japanese titles, the literal translation of the Japanese titles, if they are as even vulgar to that regard, you know. They're pretty bizarre. I mean, it is It's probably something like Zuma Appa or something like that, but, uh, like, um, it's part of Be- a Beaver <laughs> It's actually part of a series that, uh, you know, hasn't been released in the states or really very few places. Um, I had heard of the movies from like the first film, Zoom Up Rape Site, and uh, yeah, and the second one, Zoom Up Rape Something, Rape Apartment or something, blah blah blah. But um, are, are these older movies or like uh, yeah, seventies? Right, okay, they're they from that. Uh, so to, yeah. they, they are not you know, not shot on videos type of stuff. It's actual film stuff. And yeah, it's... oh yeah, beautiful looking too. That's, that's the thing about the Beaver Book Girl, just um, yeah, amazing <laughs> photography. Sorry. Like that title too, it makes pretty much no sense because it's really the Beaver Book Girl. I, I still have troubles tying that together with the actual plot. It's really more, it should be called like Zoom Up uh the pissing girl because it is <laughs> like it is it is for urine fetishist this is your soft core uh movie of choice believe me because it's all about that which is not my area or anything like that but to me it's just kind of like i was just in shock kind of while watching i was like wow they're really really doing this and uh pretty amazing stuff it ends like this is spoiler-ish, but let's just say it ends with like two back-to-back golden showers. Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. This is this is great cinema, folks. Yeah. So yeah, right. <laughs> when is Varied Celluloid the podcast coming so you can actually bring up these movies? Because I, du- I because I doubt you can frequently anyway over at V Cinema. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, try to throw it out there every once in a while, but yeah. Coffee John no. just shakes his head. He no. does. He's like, he's... we might be film commentary. We don't want to comment on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just get silence. It's like you Crit- idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's coming up, and you know, some more stuff, some more Roman porno, um, quality, quality cinema, folks. And oh, yeah. uh, over at V Cinema, we just went live with the uh, Goodbye Dragon Inn episode. And shortly we will be recording our next episode, which will be on uh, Kenji Fukasaku's Street Mobster, which is a classic. And um, Jake McLarge Huge from uh, Podcast Without Honor and Humanity will be on the show as well. All right on. So you you will speak a little bit more than you did on the Goodbye Dragon Inn episode. (laughs) All right. Did you actually listen? (laughs) I I did, yeah. It was a good episode, but I, I, I... 
I, I got the sense, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I got the sense that I wouldn't have much to say myself really? either. It's not my type of uh, right. movie, I think, really. And I think you would probably hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you would probably go more... Like, I'm between Stan, of course, and, like... Um, and Stan John. hates that fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Stan just, oh my god, Stan hated it so much. He was sending us messages before the show. He was just like... <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm coming. I'm coming loaded. <laughs> or Mark Sincere, boy. Had to deal with that. But it was it was great, man. It was, it was nice to have... Uh, some very different opinions on that show. Oh, it's, it's great, and I, and I, in all seriousness, I said to John afterwards that uh, you you definitely reached the point with me anyway as a listener where I I don't I I, I can tune into pretty much almost every episode because even though I no have no interest in the subject matter mm-hmm. at all actually, and and that speaks to you you as a group oh, that you can you. provide. Uh, it's not background chatter for me. I mean, I listen to it intently, even though I don't take away every piece of information or nugget or whatever. It's good fun to listen to, and it's a mix of info and fun, as I always say. So you 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 are hitting kind of a stride, I think. I mean, you as a group, you are gelling, and therefore show content is generated that way. Gelling like Magellan. Yes, sir. So uh, good on you, and. Um, not as much much controversy uh, from uh, uh, the community via that episode compared to the Rick Myers episode. But, yes. uh, but that was a fantastic chat as well. I enjoyed that. It was long as hell. That episode played like played like a quick ninety minute movie, which also speaks to you as a group. Yeah, and like uh, I'm sure the street mobster. You know, I don't know. I think that episode will probably be. Uh... Probably more fun, but I know we're going to sit there and dig up as much information about mm-hmm. Fukasaku as possible, yeah. and Jake's going to bring it, as he always does. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so look, looking forward to that. Okay, we title t- wider field is usually very simple. We don't do extensive biographical information because there's uh, none to be spoken of, really. And uh, and uh, so- sometimes you just need to dive into movies, and that's what we're doing right now. Rock on Fire from 1994. Most people probably know it as Girl on Fire because it was released as Girl on Fire on UK VHS. Uh, it has nothing to do with uh, well, it has girls. Obviously, they're not on fire, and nor ha- nor has it to do with uh, anything to do with Ringo Lamb's on fire movies. So. No, but uh, I don't mind that retitle. It was uh, I've seen lazier retitles from Eastern Heroes in this case. Uh, well, to be, le- to be honest, I, I don't get rock on fire nor girl on fire. I, you know, the, I'm not sure how that ties into anything that happens in the movie, but you know, so either way, it's all good with me. Yeah, dick on fire in dead corpse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe I don't know. The yeah. literal, the literal translation. Oh, but, <laughs> uh, but 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 I was about to say, Eastern Heroes. Uh, they, uh, 
I did say laser retitles. They are kind of genius in their own way. They released a, a Category 3 movie on VHS uh, that was originally called Girls from China. It's a mainland immigrant movie where they turned out turned out to be prostitutes in Hong Kong and that kind of story. Uh, retitled to Horse from China. <laughs> Horse from China. Nice. You know, and, 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 that, and that's good exploitation thinking. Yeah. You know? you know, girls from China. Or is this going to be like a pop group type of movie where they, where they sing and dance? Yeah. Retitled to Horse from China. Tell it like it is, man. <laughs> I'm going to watch Horse from China, you know, far quicker than I am girls. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that, that movie we might bring up in the title White Theater if we can connect the two, like, prostitute hostess type of movies that were category three, then, then that's a connection. And there were tons of those type of movies, but, but there were mainstream movies of that kind as well, you know, the hostess dramas or what have you. Uh, they, they were not as filthy, obviously. But anyway, uh, the plot of Rock on Fire, taken from the Hong Kong cinema view from the Brooklyn Bridge website, a really terrific website when it was active, because they, they reviewed so much obscure stuff, uh, either extensively or not, and I always enjoy that. But anyway, uh, that plot from there. Two Japanese Red Army terrorists, played by Mickey M and Ken Lo uh, from Drunken Monster 2, they are in Hong Kong trying to buy some weapons from Stuart Ong. And Stuart Ong plays a character who's a Hong Kong city councillor and uh, thus off-limits uh, to the cops, uh, who are led by Cindy, played by Japanese actress uh, Takajo, Takajo Fujimi. Uh, but Stong, Stong Ong <laughs> runs, <laughs> runs a weapon smuggling scheme on the side and enjoys very rough sex whenever and however he can get it, which is uh, quite often. <laughs> uh, and on the background of the movie, I, I'm going to ask you first, is this uh, Japanese actress any, uh, any, any face that you recognize from somewhere? Uh, are you talking about uh, Takashu uh, Fujimi? Yes. Mm, not that I'm aware of. Right, right. You know. Maybe maybe an actual actress because she doesn't take a close up in this movie, so it was not one of those like AV girls that they imported to Hong Kong, uh, which happened uh, every now and again. Uh, as late as Sex and Sam 3D, it had uh, had its share of uh, uh, Japanese of AV actresses, but uh, they are made to look good. The, mm -hmm. You know, it's better than the AV uh, a a AV seller, if you will. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, background to Rock and Fire, a little that there is. There, there, it's one of two movies directed by otherwise action director and assistant director Long Sang. Uh, he's worked on several well-received 90s actioners such as Fire Phoenix, Dream in the Reality, The Holy Virgin vs. The Evil Dead, which is uh, mm -hmm. the Category 3 movie starring uh, Donnie Yen and, and Ken Lois and that as well. Nice. Fa fairly good fun. Uh, better title than, uh, than uh, the content, but... Uh, it, it, it lures you in, you know what I mean? You buy that, you pick that shit off the shelf. Uh, I remember the uh, Eastern Heroes uh, VHS cover used uh, the skull image from the Evil Dead 2 poster. Uh, if you remember the... Like, oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, it mixed it up with a, a shot of a knife from the Human Lanterns poster the Shaw brothers so they and it was kind of cool mix actually it was not lazy but uh, it, i don't think they licensed those two images necessarily oh i doubt it <laughs> uh, but they did relate to subtitle and all that so it was a good vhs release at the time uh, those movies that i mentioned fire phoenix dream in the reality the holy virgin versus evil there essentially this lot is uh, from one of the better girls with guns directors who occasionally dipped his toe into the exploitation it's uh, a director called wong jan jung uh, and uh, one of the other like exploitation movies that, that he did that was far removed from being an action movie was a movie called One Third Lover 
which was a pretty solid thrill actually the 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 ponytail guy in rock on fire that we come to know very intimately uh, he's uh, co- he co-stars in one third love uh, and stuart on stuart on shoves a fucking gun up a girl's pussy in that movie <laughs> He, he, he plays Damn. a really nasty cop. That happens like within five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might as well t- tell it like it is. Sometimes you know you you, yeah. you you shouldn't dress it up. You know that no. that's what Stuart Wong does. But it's a pretty solid actual serious thriller uh, because Wong was not a bad filmmaker necessarily. Uh, was a good director to have for the for the late 80s early 90s actioners he did devil hunters as well with uh, moon lee mm-hmm. uh, the movie where moon lee got burnt really uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. so a, a good solid director to have actually um and as we said uh, rock on fire was released that's girl on fire in the, U- in the uk and received a bit of a one a bit over a minute of cuts on the eastern heroes uk release but the same company i, I think anyway put out the movie in the netherlands under the label hollywood east and it was not only uncut, but they used the version put on Hong Kong video that actually featured some extended material, uh, chief among them sexual material, uh, which is very evident uh, in in those sections because whenever dialogue happens, there there is no subtitles yeah. actually. So they they never had a full print with subtitles, but thankfully they went the route of inserting stuff, uh, but uh, uh, leaving. Leaving the subtitles in for the for you know from from the cinema version, obviously they they could have went the route uh, route of actually striking an entirely new print and not subtitle it at all. So there is actually some narrative stuff as well that uh, you know a, a few seconds here and there that is lacking subtitles that weren't in uh, the the cinema version uh, originally. And, and this they could do on home video in Hong Kong. They had the option of doing this despite having the same rating. They could. Um, uh, could extend it and insert some stuff that wasn't in the cinema version. Uh, so and, and and you're not missing out on anything that is you know dialogue. Uh, but uh, but I think some sex is um, is uh, new to the home video version uh, in Hong Kong. If not the the stuff that was cut uh, from the UK, one of the main cuts was the opening sex scene uh, the, the with the knife and what have you. Uh, you know, sexual violence and the BBFC is not uh, a good combination. Yeah. They, they usually uh, they, they usually clamp down on that stuff. Uh, but anyway, this movie boasts uh, cast such as we mentioned Stuart Ong, but uh, also Billy Chow as uh, Ong's right hand man, Shin uh, Fuyong as a higher up in the police force who doesn't play a trial, and Dennis Tang as the weak minded cop Rocky, the 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 the, the cop that actually is uh, seduced uh, easy by Mickey. Mm. Speaking of mm, Mickey, Dennis <laughs> uh, actually was in the classic You Poison 2, which uh, is uh, a whole fun movie from uh, 86 or 87, which is just like Sex and Sam based on that famous uh, novel, The, the Carnal Prey Mat. And it's, it's essentially the same movie as Sex and Sam, only way more serious. Uh, even though it has some, you know, it has a penis transplant, it doesn't have a, pe- uh, a horse. Transplant it. Actually, transfer it from a animal with an even smaller penis than a mouse, which is strange and funny, I guess. But like uh, a koala or something. I don't remember what the fucking animal was. Now, <laughs> me, 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 and King who discussed it on our Sex and Sand episode. But it's a good, solid little movie, and Dennis Tang was in that, and, and a few other movies as well. So that's it. And let me hear some a really short, bite-sized uh, opinion from you first, Joshua. What did you think of Rock on Fire? Uh, 
I'm kind of mixed on it, to be honest. Uh, I kind of go back and forth. Uh, to me, it's kind of kind of hits on a lot of the notes that some of the you know lesser triad type movies you know do, where it's kind of like you know a whole lot of plot just tried to squeeze into a little small area, and uh, mixed with that though, you know, every once in a while you have something that's like truly outrageous that pops up that immediately catches my attention, and you know, turns so, into something like, holy hell, I want to talk about this to everybody, you know. Sex and necrophilia. Sex, necrophilia, the boxing match later in the movie with Stuart Ong and the little uh, uh, Caucasian chick. I think she was Caucasian. Yeah. Yeah, where her boobs are all flying out while she's wearing a <laughs> wife beater. Yeah, that was another one of those moments where you're just like, wow, this is happening. Okay. And, uh, yeah, just kind of a mix of those things. You know, it's, it's hard for me to get rallied truly behind it like uh you know oh, this is amazing or anything like that but you know the action is really solid way better than you know i feel that a lot of stuff i've seen you know on the lower budget side of things plus just uh some silly weird moments that pop up every now and then mixed in with Stuart ong being just a general dick you know so <laughs> it's it's interesting cinema yeah, and I, I actually think, I mean, I can see these movies have like on and off segments, so to say, being uneven as hell. But I think uh, I, I'm, I've always had fun with this movie, and I, I continue to have fun with this movie. It, it's an experience. I mean, it, it comes from Ram King Productions. You know, who can who can resist that? <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. And but and immediately, I mean, it's a fairly long movie for the type of movie it is. It's at 95, 96 minutes. About 10 of that is dedicated to the opening sex scene, which is a oh bit, of a, <laughs> bit of a standout. But you know, yeah. uh, the, 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 the setup is uh, a stakeout. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all there is in the script. And the, the courier, uh, courier, female courier, delivers the drugs to, uh, to uh, a character, and uh, they proceed to have kind of a mix of a rape scene and uh, and fe- and fetish sex scene kind yeah. of i mean uh, the, the the atmosphere is awesome actually They're, you know with the flickering flickering fluorescent lights and yeah. it's a low rent triad drug smuggling hideout obviously but when this um, this actor and we'll we'll stop right there because I'm I'm I gotta mention his name I think it's Lee something Lee Ho Kwan is the actor with the uh, with the ponytail and he had that in a few movies you kind of recognize him there that uh, the uh, almost permed uh, po- uh, permed po- ponytail yes fantastic care yes it has to be said yes and, and he's in one third lover as well so uh, there's a connection uh, if you will am I crazy uh, to think he kind of like especially later on, kind of like Jackie Chung or something, you know, or something like that. Uh, yeah, you're crazy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, I don't remember the particular details why he all of a sudden uh, jumped her and started to rape her. But when it, it involves a knife, where ways obviously he cuts or rips up her clothes and then starts, to, you know, you know, stroke the knife across her breasts and even mm-hmm. has the fucking knife. Which looks like a butterfly knife, uh, you know, but you know, you know, between a crotch, you know, in a crotch, you know, not shoving it into it, but it's really like steamy sexual games, kind of abuse slash, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, and it takes up ten minutes all of this, which le- it leads to an actual sex scene, and she's kind of into it as well. She's, you know, she's uh, sucking the knife, you know, giving him a knife oral almost. Yeah. I mean, wow. 
What an opening, huh? Oh, man. And, like, it does, like, uh, it, it's amazing that it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with anything that goes on in the movie or anything like that. But it's one of the scenes where it's like, I definitely would not want to see that cut out because it is really good, you know? Mm-hmm. It does, uh, you're right in the fact that it is kind of, you know, it is actually pretty sexy stuff. And that the knife stuff, man, was like, like you were talking about uh, rubbing it between her crotch down there. And he's, he does it in a kind of a brunt manner, and it's kind of like almost scary. Like, fuck, mm. you know? I don't mm. know. I just... Yeah, and 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 that's really you know an intent of the scene that they uh, they want to convey this. I mean, it, it's not you know it's not fucking Citizen Kane of sex scenes or anything, but but it is kind of well thought out too. It's it's shot yeah. with uh, with an um, intention in the cinematography. It's not you know uh, stage two three minute uh, one take kind of deals here. Uh, so it, which makes it involving and and there's some good and there's some good soundtrack uh, choices as well on that in that regard. You know. Uh, dark music, uh, which is suitable, and and you're right. Uh, for some reason, it doesn't bother me that it's ten minutes of ten minutes of stalling the movie already. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's introducing us to the world. I guess here here comes the sleaze. You know, uh, Rebecca, the other movie we'll be covering, also kind of has just you know that sort of introduction, like you know, uh, here comes the perverted shit. Now get ready for it. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and it leads to a mine action scene. All this, which is not very impressive. Mm. The last action is kind of impressing, uh, more impressive because uh, they, they they do take they make the action scene kind of a high concept one when they start to involve when the police starts to chase the drug dealers. They uh, they start to involve bazookas and or rocket launchers, yeah. if you will. And and there's no. Uh, they don't stage that too well. They stage what they can, I think. Uh, they didn't do a full-on, you know, explosion of a car on the night streets of Hong Kong, uh, which is kind of understandable too from a low-budget production standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 the action gets uh, at least uh, it gets better, than, and and the final scene as we'll get to is kind of impressive from from the action director Long Sang really. And I think uh, l- l- let's see if there was a credit in. No, actually, he's not credited as one of the action directors as a f- trio. But but I'm sure he had input being from that world too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and and be, being that movie uh, has Ken Lo, we we get we get some pretty sufficient kicking here. There, there, oh, there's yeah. a kicking showcase not just from Ken Lo, but overall really in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken Lo plays again the brother of uh, Mickey, mm, who stars as Icy, and. Uh, <laughs> And and Ken Lo kind of looks, you know, he's uh, he's in the prime. He's in his prime. You know, 1994 was Drunken Master 2 as well. And uh, I I like it. He's kind of kick-ass and uh, and dangerous. You know, a bit of a Terminator feel over uh, oh, yeah. uh, across Ken Lo because he can carry that. Just walk into a police station and kick gas either with uh, kicks or guns. You know. Yeah, he's got the sunshades, whether it's day, night, you know, whether he's in a room with no lights, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He is uh, coolness personified. And I mean, uh, he he doesn't even flinch when he gets shot in the shoulder, oh, you know. Yeah. That's a fantastic little bit where they decide to not have him flinch, you know. I'm sure it didn't hurt when they blew up the script, but that, you know, it's the intent of the character that he, you know, 
he, he doesn't flinch. He, and either, either when he's shot in the stomach with a shotgun, he he, he walks home and actually, you know, uh, has a final drama drama bit. That, yeah, I know I'm spoiling it. He dies eventually, but uh, <laughs> but you know, he 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 takes that shotgun blast and then walks home and has a final moment with his uh, sister and all of that. So. You know he's a badass when he sits there and like cauterizes the wound with a blowtorch. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's when you know you're dealing with somebody who's pretty darn tough. But speaking of pretty darn tough, I mean, if Stuart Ong is a standout, uh, female actors Mickey mm, really mm-hmm. steals the show, as I yeah. see. Here, because here we have, uh, uh, by the way, some some uh, movies that she was in. I don't remember her from them as such, uh, but she was in Day Without Policeman with Simon Yam, and uh, again, I don't remember if that was a co-lead or not. But she was in Girls Gang, but uh, the data doesn't exist. But th- this is a standout role uh, that might never. Have been it might, it might never have been like this before since for her you know this is her movie this is the movie for for Mickey and you know f- fantastic looking actress incredibly gorgeous but here he, the character requires uh, an intensity because she uh, she is a character that we might we we think she's mute actually initially uh, she doesn't speak until like later on in the film. And she seduces Lee Ho Kwan, you know. She loves, you know, to play with someone sexually. And, uh, and you know, seducing someone amidst violence. You know, she's into it for the deathly kicks. And while getting her sex too. And those, I say is so suitable, you know, because it's icy behavior and her intense eyes and that red or black lipstick you know they really make her stand out and i think it also is due to the fact that despite this is a, it's a low budget movie they shoot her well therefore you know yeah. the, the cinematographers make her look good you know it's a good I, I mean it might not be a strong part for women per se but man is she she she's strong in this movie she's a you know people remember from this fucking movie you know mm-hmm. i think is she she does a lot in this movie, you know, as far as, like, you know, even at the end when she gets involved in the action stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and she's actually, she does very well. She acquits herself very well in that regard, and then... Um, and she lo- he, she loves even being in the action. I think she licks up her blood at one point or someone else's yeah. blood that she has on her, you know. I, I, I'm so fucked up, I can do this as well. And, uh, <laughs> and, and even takes a chunk out of Lee Ho Kwan when she's oh. done with him like a fucking vampire. Just bites her, you know, bites her, an entire piece of meat out of him and spits it yeah. out, you know. It's like ripped his whole, you know, artery out of his neck or something yeah. like that, you know. Kind of makes those sissy vampires in twilight look bad but uh yeah she um she's very she's a strong character in the movie you know um she goes through a lot of different changes uh hers and ken lowe's characters are actually um in my opinion probably more interesting than the cops that are chasing them oh yeah you know and more interesting well not Stuart ong's pretty damn interesting oh, yeah. but you know uh but they're definitely uh kind of the they they straddle the sides of being good guys and bad guys you know you kind of end up you know in way in a way cheering for them at at points you know if that's crazy i don't know but i felt that way especially like the um the relationship between the two of those when that gut shot scene you mentioned and everything like that when that happened you kind of i kind of felt bad for him i was like wow mm-hmm. you know yeah, it was not uh, a stretch to see her 
do dramatic acting either. It's a, it mm-hmm. looked a, I mean, it looked okay. It could have been way more melodramatic than it was. Um, right. And uh, and uh, and and as I, and I wasn't sure either. I didn't remember this. I wasn't sure either if she were actually go uh, if she actually did nudity in this film or not because it takes a while before she does that even. Uh, but eventually she does. So 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 I like that that they didn't like start to make a flash flash everything at once. You know, she's icy, she's nude, she's she's making. Going back to Ken Lowe, that that hit on the hospital where Mickey she actually uh, kind of puts herself into hospital uh, and plays a scarred victim. You know, uh, uh, and starts to manipulate the situation that way and. Uh, and to get out of the hospital, she actually starts seducing, you know, again, Dennis Tang's Rocky, uh, using her sexuality. And there's a wonderful moment where she plays insane and mad and starts splashing water onto her hospital gown there for the hospital gown starts to look see-through and all that. So right. uh, it was kind of cool. And uh, and, and then all, all the while, Ken Lo is... Uh, is uh, breaking into the hospital to break her out, and uh, it's a kind of a nice uh, hit sequence, uh, a mix of sex and action, really, which is good, good mix. Always you know? good, yeah. And uh, Ken Logos up against uh, some of some other people, you know, and uh, and uh, one of the best images within all this is when Mickey gets a gun, you know, and loving it, you know, mm-hmm. really, you know, it, 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 it's sexual as well to to shoot and. Uh, that's uh, that's really fantastic stuff. She uh, uh, she she's a strong image uh, in the movie. Uh, who 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 is also strong in the movie? As in a strong image for the movie, or or has a strong presence and does and does the things you remember? Is of course Stuart Ong. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> the star performance right here. Oh, yeah. is... And uh, I mean, there there there's some. There's some wonderful scenes to quote, starting with a an actual uh, meeting he has with a with a once superior to him. He, you know, once he was a, a more a, a lower big brother than his current uh, uh, than his current status, and that uh, that uh, person, that male that he meets up with, started rubbing rubbing it in his face, his past experiences to bring up urine drinking, a la uh, a, a story, a la a better tomorrow, and the cut stuff from Bullet in the Head. And I love how <laughs> I love how Ong's but- buttons how nervous he gets, you know, how psychotic he starts to get when his buttons are pushed by his once superior now equal, and and it, it goes on to to kill him obviously, and uh, <laughs> but uh, of course, of course, but 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 he's 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 rather good. I mean, he, he, Using the word versatility is a, is a dangerous thing, but Stuart Ong can kind of do it all. I mean, it can be funny yeah. and goofy, as we've seen in Robot Tricks, as we've seen in Escape from Brothel and whatever, as we will see in Rebecca. And, uh, and it can be fucking heinous as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, so quote some favorite stuff from Stuart Ong and on, on, in this movie. I bet you can explain it way better than I can. So. Well, you got to go with the the introduction, you know, of uh, him sitting in his little, you know, chair reclining or what have you. Like uh, after we had just seen the first action sequence featuring the bazooka and whatnot, it cuts to him watching some kind of news bulletin about like uh, riots and what have you. And 
he's, you know, having some very rough oral sex performed on him while he's nude in his chair, making no facial expressions <laughs> or anything like that. Just he, he's a man who obviously doesn't really care about pleasure or anything like that. He's just bodily functions and causing pain on someone else or humiliating someone else is just a bonus while yeah. he does it. And, um, yeah, there's a couple of moments throughout the movie where he basically does the same thing, just, uh, you know, a guy who's incredibly cruel and violent. And uh, Stuart Ong, man, you know, the guy doesn't, you know, look intimidating. You know, he looks like he'd be a guy who's doing your taxes or something <laughs> like that or a guy, a loan officer or what have you. You know, you just, when you see the guy, he doesn't look like a threatening person. But, you know, you throw him in the context of this movie and he's just something else entirely different. Did you ever uh, see Hong Kong 1941? No, uh, the the fat Alex Man, Cecilia uh, yes. Wardrum. He plays a Japanese soldier in that, and it's pretty pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah. Is he? Uh, he comes in at the latter stages of the movie and uh, doesn't do the most heinous stuff, but he you know he sells it. I mean, it's a good, good little acting part, and uh, has a final sword fight with uh, fat which was uh, choreographed by Samo apparently, because it was a DMB production, so Samo was close to it, if you will. I have but, it lying around somewhere. I watched it probably 10, 11 years ago, but I haven't seen it. It's a very good movie, and Stuart Ong is good in it. I mean, it's, it's 1984, so it's pre all this, all yeah. these opportunities, you know. <laughs> these opportunities. Yeah. Where you got to really stretch out, you know, box with women. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, talk of uh, talk of the boxing scene, if you will, because it goes in line, uh, uh, it connects to the... Uh, blowjob scene because it's uh, performed by the Caucasian girl that he has in uh, uh, at his dog farm yeah well she basically is his dog as well yeah mm. and uh, yeah that that's an odd scene that pops up later in the movie where you know he and this girl are wearing almost comically large boxing gloves well they just <laughs> they might just look comically large on her yeah. or, or something but uh, yeah they're large boxing gloves and she's wearing a wife beater and as she attempts to you know take swings at uh Stuart Ong of course her breasts are flying out and he's just, he's obviously taking it very serious <laughs> and you know of course lays a beating on the girl and um after he's done with that he of course throws her down and proceeds to have violent rape sex with her which I mean I don't know if it's rape or not or if she's into it or what have you but it's just you know forced looking and incredibly harsh doesn't she get uh, uh get a punch in as well so uh, uh so, so i think i also it as like oh you didn't <laughs> now oh, you're gonna get it <laughs> <laughs> now it's rape time yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking billy charles stands and waits while he finishes uh-huh. up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, like, like it's everyday stuff at the dog farm <laughs> And and, and 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 you would think that the tail end of the scene, because Billy Chow walks up to her and kind of touches her, that now we're going to see the heinous Billy Chow stuff. But we don't, actually, because you would think, like, when I'm done, you can have a kind of thing. But, uh, yeah. I totally expected that, yeah, because, like, when he when Stuart Ong walks away from her, he lies, you know, she's lying down, and then Billy Chow walks up to her and kind of, like, rolls her over. So it, it's kind of, like, either implied that something might have happened, or he might have just been like you know get out of here or something because yeah. billy chow really does billy chow have 
How many lines does he have in this movie? Probably no. like three or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's more of a fighting role for him rather than a, a rape role, uh, <laughs> as it turns out, you know. And 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 uh, either could be plausible for for yeah. for Billy Chow, as we've expected with uh, uh, as we've established with Robotrix and what have you, and and yeah. escape from brothel. And if the forced oral sex, you know, didn't you know imply that Stuart Ong was going to be an evil bastard in this movie, as soon as you see Billy Chow as his henchman. You know that he's going to be an evil bastard, mm. but uh, you know there's no no use beating beating the bush. Describe the most uh, heinous uh, uh, <laughs> act from Stuart Ong. Uh, not not the finale of his act, but de- definitely the most standout of his acts, if you will. Uh, so go ahead. Uh, you know the lead up to it to me, you know, is kind of. Yeah dull in my memory all i remember i mean, most... I mean it connects to the scene where he meets uh, that his uh his uh, uh master chung who he kills off and uh, yeah. and, and master chung has a as a woman with woman him with... that wears lingerie under a coat obviously so <laughs> <laughs> wow i didn't even realize how silly but uh yeah after killing off uh the other previously mentioned gentleman the other uh i guess councilman or something or yeah. what yeah. have you yeah, yeah possibly yeah yeah, something like that. Uh, after killing him, he takes to the girl at his dog farm, of course, and uh, strangles the poor girl before tying her up to a dog kennel, like uh, a cage, and then proceeding to have sexual intercourse with her dead body, whilst her nipples protrude through the cage with a wild animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the movie we're watching today. I mean, it, it's no fun, of course, but but you know, it's a great so, example of the movie going for it, and I, and and maintaining a dangerous aura, can uh, as well as it's established in one of the earlier scenes with the with the uh, ten minute opening sex uh, sex slash rape or what have you. Uh, uh, you know, we don't we don't get any light stuff I, I, in this movie at all, and you know, no. you you you'll sit here and take this, and it's obviously very wrong, but. Man, it's it's memorable. Yeah, I mean that that sequence is just like it, it's amazing how different I guess the Hong Kong industry is. Where it's like you know it's hard to imagine anybody who's trying to be taken serious as an actor wanting to get involved in any kind of scene that would you know revolve around necrophilia. But you know here's Stuart Ong just giving it a go. And two years so, earlier, you had Simon Yam and Doctor Lam. You know right? one of one of the premium Hong Kong Jeez. actors going to town and it was not like he was you know a super struggling actor who you know who would suck cock for a living or anything you know <laughs> he, he was he had established himself in 1992 and and he gladly took on dr lamb it seems right these actors just take these brave you know what we would consider at least to be brave roles like mm-hmm. he, you know it's not for the you know mild-mannered or mild-hearted these guys sit there and they commit to it and Stuart Ong definitely commits in this role. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Uh, it's kind of great, though, to have contrasts, um, contrasting actors when, uh, if we're going to mention Charlie Cho within all this. Because Charlie, mostly because of his looks, uh, was in light stuff. You know, he, he had tons of sex, but he wasn't necessarily dangerous. You know, he has at least one movie. It's uh, the whole fun movie, uh, Something Desire, which uh, is concludes i think with a really long rape scene shot mostly in slow motion and yeah it, it's pretty heinous coming from charlie but he you, you had a more hard time buying him as a dangerous presence because of his looks mm-hmm. Stu- stewart you 
could uh, actually right. more easier. Yeah, he, he doesn't look intimidating first, but he can, uh, you know, he can snap into it and kind of convince right. me too. And he's a damn funny actor as well. <laughs> you put a frown on the guy, though, you know, or give him, you know, that just that stone cold face, and he's something else entirely. Despite wearing a turtleneck, he 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 can <laughs> uh, he, he can be dangerous. Yes, he makes the turtleneck look good. Turtlenecks will never le- never look good, and uh, <laughs> but for some for some reason, Stuart Don carries it well, just because he does what he does, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Stuart for for now. Uh, we we should give you know Takaju her her due because she she has a few standout moments. Uh, uh, despite being a rather poorly written character, you know the policewoman right. Cindy, she she has a few standout mo- moments in terms of action. And you know when she kills off Kello, she does that with a big ass shotgun. Yeah, yeah and they make her look good. You know, a woman with a big ass shotgun is kind of yum. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it speaks to me on on some subconscious level. I don't know. I love that scene in particular. You know, that uh, attempted assassination. But you know, by Ken Lo on the two police officers. You know, they have that really just awesome shot of Ken Lo in the car with his you know silenced uh, you know firearm, and he's sitting there, and it's just amazingly you know shot i just love the angle that they get from him and that and he's sitting there blowing their car to pieces and she's ducking around gets the shotgun and of course you know puts an end to him in the movie basically you know he, he makes it home but whatever you know mm-hmm. but yeah that's a really really nice sequence and, and you know what um, um my, my judgment is lost since forever so i don't care if we spoil uh, uh, certain <laughs> things i'm a bit hung over to so you know definitely my judgment is not what it is i want to spoil another thing uh, uh i want to spoil uh stuart ong's uh, death scene because mm. that, that's pretty fantastic stuff yes. <laughs> you know, uh mickey at some point her character ends up at uh, at the dog farm too after ken lois died because they they, they had their their business transaction to be taken care of and uh, he obviously is very uh, uh you know she, he's into her and who wouldn't be so she uh, uh he, he 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 wants to rape her but she kind of turns the table and uh, and you know starts giving in and but but won't give him the pleasure or the pleasures of pain because she remembers her tool her sexuality he can, she can actually you know d- do something about this and actually uh turn the tables pretty good and she does because she pokes his fucking eyes out <laughs> and you see them land on the floor you know two big messy gooey gooey eyes and, yes. kill, and kills off Stuart that way and uh, it's not like it makes sense like they've been focusing on his eyes or anything you know it's kind of a come uh, you know they haven't like uh, uh, warned us beforehand that uh, there's something going on here with the eyes yeah uh, it just happens and man is it pleasurable uh, because it can't, you, you you didn't you don't expect you know super cool from this movie either, and uh, uh, I don't know I just uh, just find it extremely pleasurable to see a scene go that way. Yeah, she goes from the biting a uh, guy's neck off after sex to ripping out his eyes. You know, if the movie had gone on, maybe she'd have took someone's nose with her. Yes, <laughs> and, and and it goes I guess in line with the movie being. In, in intent, and I do, and I do like it overall because of it. That it's a kind of edgy. It's, uh, it has sex, it has sexual violence, and it has violence, and they, they, this is this is part of it. Uh, Slight mention again: the, the main cop duo again, Cindy and the other guy. The, I, I didn't care for them that much. Therefore, I just mention the other guy that way. You know, they, they are pretty anonymous, but uh, obviously, 
had a few moments like when in classic cop movie uh, cop movie uh, way they go against the superior they they, mm-hmm. they they give him the finger you know while walking down the stair which is a pretty badass thing you know and, and, and that superior leans into the frame you know and has like ticks out of shock you know they didn't just give me the finger and his entire face starts twitching which is fantastic stuff uh, but again the, the two the two final um the, the, the two main action scenes including the finale I mean there's a, the, the fight scene between Mickey and Takajo in the apartment is a pretty nice mixture of uh, blood fisticuffs between the ladies and, and stuntmen too yes uh, which, which is not uh, shouldn't be taken you know lightly that uh, the, the mixture is easy to accomplish uh, to, to mix up stuntmen and uh, the actual actresses and they they, they get, get into it especially Mickey it seems like he she wanted to do a lot could do a fair amount mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean both girls kind of you know i was very impressed with their work especially you know the final battle sequence you know i mean got to give that thing props because yeah that was really just great all around and uh you know as i was watching it i was just thinking about you know some of the you know lesser female leads i've seen in hong kong films that sit there and can't really commit to the action stuff but these girls you know i'm not saying like they were amazing but i, I was impressed mm-hmm. very impressed and and on the finale i mean uh what a fine standing set they found and i mean it is a standard <laughs> set because you know right. where, where should you go should you go to gravel a warehouse <laughs> should you go to a gravel pit with construction site yeah. machinery that you mm-hmm. can use and will use you know there will be machine versus machine <laughs> stuff here as well as I as fisticuffs you know mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of brilliant so I mean I don't have many notes on, on that finale so what do you want to say about it I th- you know it's, it is I mean you do end up having people in like you know <laughs> trico versus trico or whatever you know like uh, uh, some of that stuff's a little bit silly you know some of the the way they play with time like one person jumping you know into a you know, bulldozer or what have you, and having the time while the other person sits and waits for them, and you know, just certain <laughs> little things like that. I mean, if you really sit there and want to be all logical about it, you'd have to have a problem. But it, it, the way the movie's played and the excitement level, completely and utterly, just destroys that to me. I, I just had a great time with it, mm. and uh, especially, you know, as soon as we see uh, Billy Chow go into town, you know, and he's great, you know, high kicking and just being a badass. And it's a nice gory demise as well, you know, impaled, oh, yeah. uh, impaled on machinery. That's not a bad Another thing. piece of, like, kind of surprising gore. I, I didn't know, you know, how they were going to dispatch it, but I, I would have probably assumed some kind of, like, you know, kick to the neck or something like that while you're on the ground or a stomp or something like that. You know, I didn't actually expect to see the guy basically crucified almost, you know. Mm-hmm. It's pretty brutal stuff. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, 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 again, I, I can see that uh, the movie is a fantastic throughout, but but it has some fantastic stuff oh, that is yeah. a bit more standout than other m- movies of its kind from the time. This tries a bit more, uh, gets it done a bit more, and has memorable uh, character actions and characters, both female and male, uh, and chief among them, Mickey and Stuart Ong really uh you know relishing the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, take full advantage exactly and uh so 
there's a reason I think she uh, as uh, is remembered from this movie. I mean, it's a it's a it's an actress with about ten uh, credits to her name between '93 and '95, and uh, and uh, th there might not be too many other standouts in that regard. I mean, I've seen a fair amount of them, but I don't remember really her standing out as such in them. So, uh, but but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious at least to rewatch. A day without policemen because uh, she is listed as like one, two, three, four, fifth uh, person on in, in the credits. So possibly she has a fairly large role anyway. Yeah. And and if not, it's a good reason to rewatch re that. I remember it being a, quite a fun Simon Yam category three movie. I think it was you know just down out insane in that movie and uh, <laughs> and and then there was a lot a lot of shooting too. So very sleazy, but also a lot of gunplay in it. Nice. So uh, that's uh, that's not a bad thing. It's fun though. The theatrical run listed for a day without policemen, which is probably not true, but uh, in my heart, it it's not far from the truth either. Started its theatrical run on the thirty first of September nineteen ninety three. Co concluded its theatrical run on the thirty first of September uh, December nineteen ninety three. One day. <laughs> <laughs> and it might. It's, it, it could be true because in 1993 movies came and went like fast and crazy even classics so <laughs> so who knows it got a New Year's Eve showing and no one went and then oh. took it away <laughs> <laughs> and there, there was no box office listed on HKMDB which is fun sometimes I remember the Chin Kalok Green Hornet movie from 94 I think the one that Lam Xin Ying directed it has like a box office take of like below 10,000 Hong Kong dollars. <laughs> you know, a few thousand. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, okay, I don't have anything else to share in terms of Rock on Fire. I, I, I recommend I recommend watching it if you're into this stuff. It, it, it's pretty heinous stuff. It's not, and um, you know, it's po possibly very offensive stuff for, for someone, but uh, you know, it's Ram King Productions. What do you expect? It's not you, you. You don't expect a, a nice family-friendly stuff when when you're the Ram Kings. <laughs> Ram King. I would uh, recommend it, but I uh, do have like some reservations in the fact that you know expect some of the police procedural stuff to like probably drag the movie down for you. I, I agree. But hmm? yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, it's not something that uh, bore, uh, uh, I wasn't bored necessarily, but yeah, it, right. it, it's not a standout element. I agree. Right, and um. You know, but there is enough stuff in here to sit there and totally make it worth checking out. You know, I remember I'm, I'm gonna do something really unscripted now because I have the uh, a Dutch VHS, the uncut VHS. Let's see, mm -hmm. uh, uh, because uh, one of the images used from the back was indeed Stuart Ong strangling the girl <laughs> uh, with his boxing gloves on. <laughs> what a fantastic image to use, and and, and fantastic for these editions uh. that could be released uncut. They could use some. Uh, you know, some filthy graphic imagery. There's even yeah. an image uh, from the scene where he has the knife uh, in between uh, in between her legs. Wow. So uh, that, that that's what they could do. It's the same with the Dutch released Escape from Brothel uh, that they uh, released uncut over there in, in Netherlands, and they they used uh, uh, nudity all over the all over the place on the cover, you know, front and back. <laughs> so uh, obviously these were created that they were available and uh, but, but you couldn't really do that necessarily in the UK so uh, 
So uh, yeah, Eastern ex- Eastern exploitation at its category three best, as it says on the cover of Escape from Brothel VHS. Very nice. Fe- features the Sofia Crawford naked kung fu scene in a little sticker like uh, uh, <laughs> c- uh, circle on the top on, on, the, on the cover. So. <laughs> As seen on YouTube, if if it was released <laughs> today, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we've we've done Escape from Brothel, so check out that episode uh, as well. And uh, we'll get, we're gonna take a short break, and uh, let's talk of something lighter from 1996 called Rebecca, not affiliated with uh, Alfred Hitchcock or and or anything. That's uh, and 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 in the movie, by the way, they they don't even spell it like the uh, English title R E B E K. AA, she's the official English title, but in the movie they spell it Rebecca as you expect, kind of. So there you go. Uh, but enough of that. Short break and welcome back after it. Welcome back to two years later, not not in the podcast <laughs> recording, uh, <laughs> but two years later in the timeline. We had a 1994 movie from the height of the Category 3 explosion to 1996, where the uh, Category, category 3 explosion uh, d- d- definitely had faded. You, you were getting less and less movies, l- less and less good movies, but uh, we picked Rebecca regardless, but because again, it's a Stuart on connection. I saw a screen cap from a review of the movie. It was John Charles' review of the movie. It was Stuart on with uh, red panties over his head, and it was uh, wonderful to find out the context of that I- in the movie. So uh, so we- we'll get to that. It's, uh, it's a definite highlight. Uh, not as heinous, we can say that right now. Well, in a way it's heinous, but it's, uh, it's fun! <laughs> you know, rape and VD is fun in this movie. <laughs> yes! Of course! And and, and and if they could have, they would have ended with a like. But anyway, let's let's get to that at the appropriate time. Plot from the Hong Kong Digital Review of the film, who gave it a three out of ten. I would have given it a five or six, to be honest. But anyway, Cammy Choi plays a nightclub singer called Rebecca, whose dynamite figure draws in far more customers than her decidedly limited vocal abilities. That's true. Uh, Rebecca really yearns to get into movies and impulsively signs a deal with agent Mandy, played by Lee Sutman, that lands her in Holland human milk powder commercials and a bit part as a maggot-riddled corpse in Lust Bun, an untold story knockoff starring the character of Lei Meng, played by Jimmy Wong. I actually speak of Jimmy Wong, I like this guy. Uh, Desperate to get out of her contract, Rebecca agrees instead to become Mandy's assistant and learns that her boss is pimping various starlets to affluent clients. Uh, Happy with easy money and uh, light responsibilities, the job entails... Rebecca soon experiences the downside of the procurement business, uh, STDs, blackmailing triads, and foreign clients with bizarre demands. You know, it's a morality tale, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, but not yeah. really. <laughs> uh, it's uh, one of the three movies directed by Tony Mao. Seems to seem to linger 
partly around the making of these kind of movies. Uh, you know, he was the producer of the complicated raping case. <laughs> <laughs> It's a pretty Brilliant. decent movie. I think I reviewed that. So, uh, uh, and he was the presenter of Andy Chin's Why Wild Girls, which Why Wild Girls, which is isn't as filthy as you would hope. It's actually a sync sound comedy with uh, Loletta Lee and Ikin Cheng, who <laughs> in that movie he, he quite, sort of a boy in a man's body. He loves his Nintendo in that movie, <laughs> <laughs> and he wears suspender pants as well. You know. Nice. <laughs> So, like jeans, suspender pants, or what have you, uh, which is fun. But it, sync sound is not a bad thing, and I remember it was uh, pretty fun. One of those moves that it, it ended really, really abruptly, like they just ran out of money or plots. Uh, it seemed like it was like, come on, re- resolve it a little bit more, man. <laughs> uh, and I think it was category three as well, but not again, it's a comedy, and uh, and uh, no, like. It can change Loretta Lee uh, sex scenes. I don't think even Loretta Lee was nude in that movie. She was in Prime movies, of course, with uh, Crazy Love and what have you. But regardless, lead Cammy Choi from Rebecca won the Miss Photogenic Award at the Miss Asia 1993 pageant and locked a few film roles, uh, most notably in this. Uh, she was in Otto Chan's Devil's Woman, but left the industry too quickly to reportedly at the time anyway, uh, to be a singer in the nightclub circuit, just like she's in, is in, the, in the movie, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, we connect these movies um, via Stuart Ong, but actually Dennis Tang, Rocky from Rock on Fire, according to uh, HKMDB, co-wrote the script and appears briefly at the end, um, maybe earlier as well, but mainly at the end, as a tabloid reporter. So uh, the, uh, that was a connection I didn't expect necessarily. Um, Okay, in brief first, what did you think of Rebecca, the movie, and Rebecca herself, I guess? I thought Lawrence Olivier was really great in it. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, the book was fantastic. <laughs> uh, what did I think of Rebecca? I liked it uh, far more than I think I originally expected to, certainly after, you know, getting into it a few minutes, I expected, oh, this is going to be kind of a a goofy, you know, sex comedy, and indeed it was, but, you know, my kind of goofy sex comedy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great cinema, by and large, but, you know, very entertaining, you know, this sort of stuff that just kind of, like, uh, kind of hits all the right notes for this sort of mm-hmm. a movie, you know. And, and comes and goes without any, right. any, any real consequence in your life. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or almost any consequence within the characters' lives. It just... Yeah. Things happen. Here it is. You know, here it's really just a very episodic film. Like this happens, yeah. then that happens, and you know, but da 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 da. Here's some sex. Here's Stuart Ong panties rock on. You know, here you. Go. <laughs> that's it's the sort of movie it is. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. I, I think it's a good summary for my my opinion as well. And uh, uh, it's it's uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You can't criticize it, but right. it, it definitely isn't anything wrong with it when you when you can easily digest it when it moves fast and you're in and out quickly and uh, and it starts bouncing it starts bouncing of course because there's a kind of a blip blop soundtrack and uh, you get shots of Hong Kong in the early uh, in the early hours of morning life you know delivering newspapers and folding newspapers but that has nothing to do with anything you, you would have thought that it connected to something but it's random images to make up your credit sequence right yeah uh, because, uh, or maybe in those early hours in the morning, in the clubs, there's still shit going on. Like, out lead Rebecca, mm-hmm. uh, who 
you know, I was kind of confused. I, the movie doesn't like play up the fact extremely that she's a bad singer or anything. I was listening to her like, okay, why are everybody so fucking exciting about <laughs> her? Because it, it's not like she's super, you, you know, she obviously has big boobs and everything, but you don't, they don't play up that factor, you know, to an extreme way either. I'm looking at it like, what is this? Why are they going so crazy, these males? I mean, right. uh, maybe it's in the lyrics, I don't know. And uh, hence getting the headlines, because uh, actually the credit sequence ends with, you see the name Rebecca on a paper. So, ooh, yeah, something, maybe. He- you know, headlines to come later, or I don't know. And, and, and in fact, it kind of is a precursor in a way. But, you know, it, it, again, it's hardly in the cleavage, you know, it's not like they structure yeah. this scene uh, like an Amy Yip scene would be structured right. because she was always game to like, okay, so is it a comedy? Do you want to joke about my boobs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they do it and uh, that's it. But you, I, I was kind of confused. What What is so special here about Rebecca, you know? Yeah, they don't uh, – even, like, like when she's on stage and everything like that, it's not even like she's got, like, her cleavage, you know, shoved out there for the audience to see or anything yeah. like that you know she's... men are literally like jumping like crazy you know that you know, go <laughs> going like uh, gaga yum yum you know yeah uh, so, so it's a weak opening kind of but the, the movie like p- picks up the pace because uh, uh and 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 stores itself as well you know and and really that that's not fair either because as you said it's an episodic film and right. th- therefore nothing is really stored we just get different episodes like I don't, and I'll, 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 I'll let you describe the scene if you like. Like the William Ho, uh, well, William Ho get, gets a sex scene. He still gets sex like he did in the 90s. You know, he's in Escape from Brothel and a ton of other movies uh, of a very heinous uh, character. But it's his uh, kind of boss that uh, gets the um, uh, gets a large sex scene in a toilet scenario, if you will. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, so describe that or tell us uh, what you thought of that uh, well, episode. The whole introduction's kind of like, uh, like, like we mentioned, the whole episodic thing, you know, and some of it's a little even confusing to me. Like, uh, after we kind of get the introduction of here's Rebecca doing her singing thing or what have you, the film cuts to, uh, the bo- I guess the boss of the club mm-hmm. is in the back with another one of the girls mm-hmm. who's also incredibly busty. Mm-hmm. And uh, they and, have... And this uh, is William Ho, by the way, if, yes. if anyone is familiar with and they have a pretty uh, intense sex scene right there, and uh, what follows, you know, what follows is him walking out sweating, going to meet some. Uh, I guess was the gentleman in white like a triad boss, something boss. Something. He, was, he was either a triad boss or some kind of like politician or just a rich dude. I'm not sure. Who wanted to fuck. He he was. Uh, <laughs> I have lusts. What can I do? <laughs> he finds himself sick. But anyway, uh, yeah, the boss uh, of the club comes out and he's meeting with uh, these rich folk and everything. And they're like, "Why are you sweating?" Because he just had sex and oh, you know, the air conditioner broken. Blah blah blah. Again. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what happens is that what happens. This is the kind of part that confuses me. Is that. Uh, during the previously mentioned sex scene, Rebecca has walked in on her boss having sex with this other co-worker who wants Rebecca fired, and ultimately Rebecca is fired after walking in on the sex scene. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca's walking out, and as she's walking out, first she gets checked out by the possible triad boss, but then the next person that walks up to her is the girl 
from the sex scene, and she's like, you want to challenge me? Uh, I fear you none, or some really bad... Yeah, they, 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 they bump yeah. breasts as kind of a challenge, you know. Oh, no, you didn't! <laughs> <laughs> they bump breasts. So then, um, what follows then is Rebecca, for some reason, goes to the bathroom where the mob boss, or whatever he is, is, and proceeds to seduce him, and what follows is another intense sex scene, you know? It, it so, was actually rather confusing, I, I agree, because uh, I, it's like, like, is she faking pleasure, or is she actually having pleasure I, with the old boss? It's not like a 30-something boss or anything, it's an old guy. Right, yeah, and I'm thinking during this, I'm like, okay, maybe she's sleeping with this mob boss, because the mob boss is obviously being, you know, the other the uh, boss of the club sucking up, so maybe she's trying to get her job back. But then again, she maybe she's doing it because the other girl was like, "You can't challenge me," blah blah blah. So like, you know, why motivations are completely thrown out of the window? I have no idea why anything's happening. All I know, <laughs> I'm for us. they're doing it in the uh, restroom, and eventually we get that same gag from I think it was Escape from Brothel, Brothel where someone hides behind the other person while on the toilet, you know. Yes. Same same exact gag and it works. Yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> so, someone yeah. set the standard and then some movies two or three maybe followed across many years. I mean, it was six years earlier for fuck's sake in Escape from Brothel. Or rather, yeah. four years earlier, pardon. It's, uh, it's a great way to start the movie because you are thrown right in headfirst with tons of sex and that's kind of I mean, what I mean, it's the random adventures of Rebecca, but not really. I I, I don't put a dislike after that sentence. Uh, Because it's kind of infectious, kind of bubbly, kind of. You know, and and I love... (laughs) <laughs> I love the William Ho uh, comedic beat, you, and you never get to really see William Ho do comedy as such because he he's a nasty motherfucking daughter of darkness and brother of darkness. You know, he, he, he he's not nice, and I mean, we we will definitely do Daughter of Darkness one and two at some point. He's in both, and he is incredibly uh, just mean and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, too good, really, too good. Uh, the scenes towards Lily Chung in uh, Daughter of Darkness is just like force feeding her alcohol by when raping her and just loving it and and uh, yeah it, it's not something to laugh at but he made a dent an impression uh, amidst these kind of uh, character actors in uh, in category free cinema wow sounds... uh, but but the comedic beat I love is uh, uh, the wife of the old boss obviously the wife is there as well he's wondering why it's taking so long in the toilet and, and William Ho has walked in on this he knows what's going on and uh, and he's sitting there like hesitating while she like questioning questioning him. What is he doing? Uh, he's he's uh, and then and then the wife essentially takes the words out of his mouth. You know, he's is he fooling? I didn't say anything. You guessed it. <laughs> you know, because he's he's obviously a, uh, it's his superior, mm-hmm. so you know, he doesn't want to betray the boss. And obviously, uh, uh, how the fuck did it end? Did did did, did you catch him? Or I don't think she ever did. did. Oh no! Oh? No, I don't think she did. She walked in and he uh, had her hidden, and she's like, uh, you know. Oh, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Why are you sweating so much? Uh, AC's broken again. <laughs> and then it was over. And then, then the <laughs> random adventures uh, go on, I- including her 
trying out various, you know, being in commercials, being in movies. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just find, like, minor details, like, you know, when she w- w- wakes up one morning and all, all the clothes are wet, you know, uh, her, her laundry hasn't dried up yet. She puts on her panties from the microwave, uh, puts her panties yeah. in the microwave, puts them on, and obviously hey. go, ow, 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 and then starts running, you know, running and running away, starting her day. And that that's fun stuff. She yeah. has uh, an energy about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She, the movie rests on her shoulders, and uh, yeah, she does do a great and job and with the role for sure. And her breasts, yes. I, I was trying to take the high road, you know. But yeah, what's the selling point here, my friend? You know, <laughs> exactly. you know, if we could read Chinese, looking at the Chinese post, I'm sure there's uh, you know firm, uh, you know. Firm. references to the fact that look at this here's, here comes a movie with a big breasted woman watch and, and for some reason looking at the poster they have the English word in uh, in. in you know yeah something's in well, oh, we're, yeah. we're, well maybe it's a reference to Stuart Ong he will be in <laughs> oh yeah he's in alright uh, in the movie eventually and in stuff but uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm convinced, though, that the, one of the movie sets that she goes to uh, by the uh, the beach, where they are filming a fucking girl just standing by a pole in the water, sort of, you know, really weakly dancing. I, I mean, what, what what kind of weak movie are they shooting? But you know what? I, I think it's close to kind of good satire, because these kind of movies, the 90s canon or Category 3 movies, they weren't shot with, like, a big-ass crew or anything. Mm-hmm. I've, you could count the crew, I think, on, on one hand in these kind of movies. And, and the movie she walks on, on to, you know, I, I think it's, you know, the, that's the quality sometimes that ended up in these movies. Just stand there randomly kind of sexily dancing. It's not sexy. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're standing with a pole in the water. Why the pole is there? It's not like it's a stripper pole that they built <laughs> and, like, try, try to create, like, a stripper uh, in, environment in the water, which would be clever. It's just really depressing. <laughs> was um was that gonna be was the dancing in the water sequence gonna be part of the same movie where the gentleman was shot in the crotch like a million times and loaded down with like eight squibs or something? Oh, oh I'm convinced it would be because the, the, <laughs> those elements would fit in one movie. And, and I mean that's kind of cool little satire that they, you know mm-hmm. we, we're gonna shoot movie movies within the movie and do what we do actually yeah we, we, we don't necessarily saw like uh cock shots and squibs going off in slow motion eight times which is uh, yeah. which we should have gotten more of really yeah. uh i mean we got it once in don't stop my crazy love for you with simon yam with the classic uh, subtitles you shot my dicky how cruel you are <laughs> So you know you got cock squibs and uh, and uh, but the western movies got it too. You know remember the, remember yeah. True Romance when Christian mm-hmm. Slater shoots uh, Gary Oldman in the cock, and uh, and that happened in a uh, other category three movie too in Hunting List that I've spoken of uh, quite a bit recently, which uh, steals that scene from True Romance and uh, and uh, rigs up cock squibs as well. But in Rebecca, as you said, we get one of Rebecca's kind of only f- friends throughout the movie, one of the, the friendly like male companions, if you will. Even when she enters her crisis later on, they rig him up in with uh, cock squibs, and it looks fantastic. <laughs> cock squibs, yes. yes. I mean, there's a technical term for these things. That is the word that's for it. That's yeah. it. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. One of the one of the great uh, great scenes, uh, and I can't for the life of me remember the full context of it again because of the random nature of it. But I've written the following. Grand plans of grabbing her busts because he's the master of it. 
<laughs> you mean the famous grasp bust? Yes. It was right. someone who wanted to really wanted the challenge of trying yeah. to grab Cammy Choi's uh, bust with yeah. one hand and kind of planning his approach, his perfect <laughs> angle. But it's a challenge, man. It's a challenge. What it was was um, he was like a uh, the son of a rich whatever congressman, whatever he was, I don't know. But he was the son of some rich guy, and uh, he came into the club with uh, Mandy. Yes. And uh, Mandy, basically, he he said that yeah, he was the master, the famous grasp bust, <laughs> and he could grasp any woman's bust with one hand. So then Mandy makes a, a bet with him, basically, to fund a concert. You know, they don't go into any detail about this concert or anything like that, but it's a lot of money, and uh, yeah, he'll fund the concert, uh, and if he can grasp. Uh, if he cannot grasp her bust with one hand. So Mandy goes backstage, brings back uh, Rebecca, and he, he, he's even stretching his fingers before she goes. He's like, <laughs> I should stretch my fingers first. <laughs> like, like he's going to get an extra inch or something. Like He's going to really be able to do it, boy. And uh, yeah, sure enough, he, I fail at this. <laughs> and, uh he must fund the concert, and that's how um, Mandy ends up with uh, Rebecca as her manager or whatever. Mm, how right. Rebecca becomes student of Mandy mm-hmm. in the pimping business. Yeah, exactly. She she's kind of too good to Rebecca. You know, it's too go, going too perfect as it mm-hmm. turns out. They, I mean, that's the sole kind of plot, uh, which you know it, it it has a plot. It just takes a while for it to kind of sink in and reveal its intentions, which are bare, but still overall we we are talking of the episodes because we think they are actually fun on their own. Yeah, and uh, really are episodes when you come to think about it. Yeah. You know, like uh, especially in the the whole like I call it pimping. Well, what else are you going to call it, I guess? But basically what it is, Mandy runs a, uh, what do you call it? She's a manager ser- management service for all these pop stars and what have you and, like, mm-hmm. l- low-budget uh, filmmakers and actors and stuff like that. So basically when the chips are low, she also will get, you know, people who have won it, uh, girls who have won pageants and such like that she'll sit there and set them up with rich uh businessmen mm-hmm. and even the men too run gigolo service so yeah it turns into a little bit of um you know pimping and uh during these you know sex capades are basically small little mini episodes yeah you know a couple uh, of them uh, yeah, what, 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 a couple, yeah yeah exactly and uh, one of the episodes uh, and, and the best kind of uh uh, movie within the movie uh, s- segment is uh, when she's on the set of the untold story ripoff called yeah. Lust Bun, and um, and it stars that movie Jimmy Wong, which is actually you know a very likable actor from mainly t- two other movies, uh, mm. and from the late canon of category three movies, uh, it was in Cash Chin's The Fruit Is Swelling and The Fruit Is Ripe Free, and uh, Cash Chin is the director of the Forbidden Legend, Sex and Chopsticks, and the 33D Invader. Uh, and uh, it's a rather clean director, to, to be honest. He's, he directed Eternal Evil of Asia back in the day, too. So he, he's maintained a good level at uh, Cast Chin, and, and the fruit is swelling in particular. As wrong as this sounds, uh, that I'm going to explain to you, it's actually a very sweet movie. Uh, it's actually a category 3 version of Big. Of what? 
this Tom Hanks big. Oh, okay. Uh, but but the main character that actually <laughs> becomes grown up, she never has any sex in the movie. Oh. So they actually they they, they avoid that. But Jimmy Wong is uh, is the one who falls in love with her. It's a it's a very like dopey, dopey act, uh, kind of everyday man. Uh, quality to him, and it's the same in the fruit. In the fruit is ripe, which is a different storyline. I think uh, the main girl there is a, kind of a fairy or angel sent down to earth, and blah blah blah, and sex and suits. But it is a sweet kind of category free comedy, and and I think he's likable in uh, in the in this role because uh, you see him first playing you know an Anthony Wong like actor, and then when the when you know, there's off uh, time off on the set. He, he's he's kind to Rebecca, and he's a kind of a cool guy to talk to, and all of that. So, uh, so, so I wanted to single out Jimmy Wong. I think yeah, I, I, I've always liked him, and um, even if it's only within, so to say, category three movies, I think he he, he gave more effort than uh, was needed sometimes. Didn't he? Uh, wasn't he also the star in our little mini episode where he had to go, you know, on a gigolo mission and had to basically go rescue the older lady I think so one of those episodes I, I actually was, forgot yeah. them because there are quite a number of them so it's hard <laughs> right. to uh, remember all of them but I'm uh, pretty sure it was him basically like Rebecca called him, calls him late at night and she has a crush on him after seeing Lust Bun which is probably uh, you know I guess that's the main driving uh, subplot for her character is the fact that she kind of falls in love with um you know uh, this character or what have you and uh basically yeah she calls him and then eventually calls him back for business and tells him to go meet this lady or whatever but she wants to be rescued so he shows up in like schwarzenegger gear yes. with like a fake machine gun and everything like that and like you know lights are flashing and what have you and sits there and and, and like when he breaks in uh to the lady's apartment or whatever it turns out to be an older woman and he goes, Mama? And I'm not sure if it was his literal mother or if it was just an older lady, but yeah, yeah Mama. He k- picks her up, runs around with her, and you know, silliness ensues. And uh, on, uh, by the way, the final tally on that untold story uh, ripoff, there's there actually mm-hmm. a fantastic um, a game uh, uh, sequence uh, for Kami Chow because. Uh, She's uh, thrown into it, literally, as you know, given little prep and context, just thrown in there to act. And she's asked to, uh, asked to act dead, and whatever we do to you, you, you never move, okay? So, <laughs> so they throw uh, a bucket of uh, uh, maggots and, uh, and pink something onto her. And maggots, so maggots are cr- Exactly. And maggots <laughs> are crawling all over. And that, that is Cammy's character doing it. And mm-hmm. Cammy doing it, and she can't take it. She tries like once or twice and can't take it, as they pour <laughs> maggots all over her. As that, uh, you know, just a fantastic piece of probably true joke <laughs> yeah. that, uh, ho- that that Hong Kong actors uh, actresses are not giving a lot of context. Just show up and we'll do shit to you, and, and, and you'll take it and like it. <laughs> Very like, I mean, the maggots are bad, but whatever that pink stuff was, just. Mm. Boy, that that does not look pleasant, and it's poured on her face, down her chest, down her entire body. By the time the pink stuff gets to like her belly area, it just seems to get even progressively more disgusting. Yeah, like it's a mix of pink, and it does look like there's some meat in there, some chunks. It looks like brains. It's yeah. just utterly horrible. Look, looks 
looks great, though. I mean, for uh, <laughs> a very simple effect, but uh... yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, it, it it probably wasn't anything disgusting. Well, I would hope it wasn't anything disgusting, but it sure. And and the episode ends on a freeze frame uh, suitably, you know. Uh, that, oh. c- concluding another episode, moving on. Uh, <laughs> before the VCD number two starts, we watched this on a VCD, which is the arrival of Stuart Dong. I want to mention one brief thing: the uh, the shower scene uh, when uh, when Mandy and uh, Rebecca are getting drunk and uh, and uh, she uh, has uh, wine spilled over all over her, so she has to take, she has to take a shower, and Mandy watches Rebecca take a shower and kind of likes it. The music, which uh, I've heard from, uh, is stolen music from, from maybe from this uh, uh, thing only, or it's or or that thing actually uh, yeah, stole the music from somewhere else. Regardless, where I've heard it. Before it's not from a movie or a TV show, but a game what? that like that suggestive kind of steaming music is in or from the game called Labyrinth of Time from <laughs> early, early eighties. It's a point and click adventure game in the vein of Myst. Oh wow! And so you know, still friends and all of that. I played it on my Amiga CD thirty two, and it was. <laughs> And and that music in that game was very atmospheric and creepy, and they lifted either from that or that was music that Labyrinth of Time lifted. I, I couldn't find any original uh, composer credit on the Wikipedia entry for Labyrinth of Time, but that was where I heard it mainly, mm-hmm. uh, and I recognized it in a heartbeat because uh, I, I really dig the game, and uh, and the music was always fantastic because they they it was CD quality music too. I played it on a C- disc version of the game, so it always always sounded fantastic. And uh, and I got to replay it too. It's on. Um, it was released uh, on for the iPhone, Labyrinth wow. of Time. So uh, yeah, out of all things, you know, my ears definitely like perked up. Holy shit! I recognize something, and it's from a fucking game, a PC <laughs> game, a Amiga game. So yeah, it's Hong Kong, man. Yeah, no no shame whatsoever. Kind of fit <laughs> fit, fit though. It wasn't the worst yeah. kind of music. No. Uh, uh, kind of ominous music too, but we, uh, which I guess makes sense in a way. Uh, but anyway, on VCD 2, Stuart Ong arrives. Oh, yeah, in and, a big uh, way. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you take that one. and uh, disc- Because you really need to describe to see why we ended up liking Stuart Ong in this movie or not. I, I only knew of the screen cap, and finally I got to see the context. So, so basically, uh, Stuart Ong is one of the rich businessmen that I mentioned earlier who come to Mandy as far as like you know looking for pretty pageant girls and whatnot. So, uh, anyway, Mandy tells him, this This all kind of, like, happens, like, directly. We've got this scene where Mandy and Rebecca, you know, basically Mandy's pouring wine on Rebecca, and we get the hints that Mandy, of course, wants to jump Rebecca's bones, but Rebecca ends up going and taking a shower, and while she's taking a shower, she gets a call from Stuart Ong. Stuart Ong is saying, you know, I must have someone, blah, 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 you know, I must have a girl, da, da, da. Well, Mandy's like, hey, dude, it's like middle of the night, so you're going to have to wait. And Stuart Ong doesn't like that. Stuart Ong, <laughs> Stuart Ong does not enjoy this. It's so, like fucking like if Stuart Ong was speaking about himself in the third person. Stuart Ong does not like that. <laughs> Mandy. That would have been even better, but yeah. If he Stuart was actually Ong called Stuart, not. too. <laughs> so he, um, he and his goons... Because, well, I described him as a businessman, but he's not. He's really a rich triad guy. So he sits there and takes his goons, and they find a very drunk girl. 
and uh, she must be a mainland girl, I suppose, and uh, they don't understand what language she's speaking. But they just grab her up and, you know, sit there and walk her to the car and like, oh, honey, uh, you got lost, and, you know, trying to cover their tracks and no one sees. And they plan to have a a night out with this young girl. And when I say night out, I mean they're going to take her to, like, an abandoned building and rape her. And so Stuart Ong, being the genius that he is, decides to cover his face with a pair of red panties so that she he will never be identified, of course. I mean, obviously they are also thong panties so they don't cover his face too much. Yes, exactly. It's like one little strip, you know, covering yeah. his face. You know, it's, <laughs> no it, one it's, will ever know. <laughs> exactly. He, he's just lying. He just wanted to cover his face with panties. Mm. So, uh, yeah, but the rest Stuart of us... Stuart Ong likes that. Stuart Ong <laughs> likes the panties. Stuart Ong likes the thong panties. So uh, the rest of the goons, they're all smart, and they throw stockings over their head, and they go back to this apartment. Well, they can't understand what the girl's saying, but... Uh, you know, do. That doesn't stop them, of course. That you know, basically the girls saying, "Hey, don't do this. I have VD. I have VD. Don't touch me. Bad idea." But Stuart Ong, of course, you know, misinterprets what she says, and pretty soon, all four of the gentlemen uh, walk away with a bad case of VD. Yeah, and uh, yeah. there's a fantastic little bit after Stu- uh, after Stuart Ong goes first. Obviously, uh, the second guy reacts kind of like. She's hot inside. Well, maybe that's due to Boss being so <laughs> great that he leaves a uh, he leaves a pocket of hot air in there. Okay, oh. that's fucking nasty, <laughs> but fucking so funny bad. as well. Yes, you know? it yes. is. It's hot in here. Right? Oh, yeah. and uh, that will that will come back and haunt them. Yes, it will, because it's it's the strangest case of VD. Like I don't know, they they get covered in basically chicken pox. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. false too. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, what happens is, Stuart Ong, of course, you know, that wasn't enough for him. So the next night or what have you, he does go back to Mandy and he does get himself a very pretty young girl, and he infects her with VD as well. Well, once the girl's infected, Stuart Ong, not being the brightest, you know brightest light bulb out there he decided that he believes that the girl from mandy was the one who infected him with the disease mm-hmm. so he and his goons try to strong arm mandy's business and what follows is a very very peculiar kidnapping of rebecca and uh then a, like almost a trial type uh negotiation sequence i mean you usually see that in trial movies where everyone meets mm-hmm. over tea to come up with a suitable um solution for everybody you know try yeah. bosses and uh and the tried henchmen are standing there and and uh who's um who, who's the uh the bosses in this case on Stuart Ong's side it's uh lee Siu k he's been in tons of stuff the young and dangerous movies um uh, and the producer as well i think he produced right by an angel five and uh, the other gentleman is what's this fucking name spencer lamb who's also a mainstay of the young and dangerous uh, uh young and dangerous movies uh, and plays a priest in Once Upon a Time in Triad Society the spin-off from uh, Young and Dangerous so, um, you know uh, st- standard character actors if you will but I-, I never mind watching them but they never really stood out as such, you know that they have award-winning stuff on their resume they, they appeared in quite a lot of stuff and ca- came and went in movies pretty quickly The gentleman that was with Mandy uh, was he 
also some sort of triad boss. So like, yeah, that was it was like he was a former triad boss, maybe. Well, or... well, 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 I think that was Spencer Lamb, the guy with the glasses, it's like mm-hmm. the other gentleman. But uh, there might there might have been someone else in there as well. But uh, mainly those two are the main negotiators: uh, Lee Suk and Spencer Lamb. So bizarre. Uh, the the best <laughs> the best piece, uh, you know, this is what I remember most from the movie, and it's a brilliant, very minor, subtle, comedic thing from Stuart Ong. Uh, when I think it's at the beginning of the negotiation, uh, he uh, he sits um, he, he's sitting beside his boss, and he kind of he starts scratching himself and doesn't really like it. You know, he's looking to himself. <laughs> scratching <laughs> and it, it's that kind of like silent non-verbal thing that I absolutely love it, it's like really uh. <laughs> and uh, you know uh, they they actually have the uh, the ace up their sleeve so to say they actually uh, ha- have the girl that they uh, they inf- they actually infected because uh, uh, they have uh, Stuart Ong's uh, henchmen as well on, on their side so to say so it, yeah. it, it doesn't go as as they fought uh, you know uh, that and, and Stuart Ong is, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if they threw him out of the triad triads after that, but you know his fellas turn against him too. So that's pretty bad when your own guys who committed to a gang rape with you they turn their backs on you. You know, yeah. it's supposed to be your underlings, and they sit there and boss made us rape this girl the other night. Now we've got chicken pox <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we we'll get to sort of the final, uh, not the final, but what the sort of plot uh, slightly is about. But there, there, there's two two more, uh, well, one episode really to speak of more. And I I thought I was gonna laugh until my heart exploded when I saw this. Uh, it's the rigorous testing that the clients from Brunei uh, ask the various girls that Mandy oh, and Rebecca. Man, sets them up with you know they have to go through a rigorous test you know they have an american idol style like audition <laughs> process uh, because the clients from brunei doesn't want any 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 old girl because mm-hmm. they need to take double penetration <laughs> they need to uh, so what has been set up uh, are two like huge fucking dildos on on a chair for for one of the girls, which is um, not uh, not not Rebecca or Mandy, just one girl. Uh, I don't think she was a a big presence in the movie, mm-hmm. and she takes it like a champ. Oh yeah. And the Brunei client is really really impressed, but 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 the fight, you know, the 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 way to determine if she did well is uh, at the at the at the end of uh, you know if she takes it all, she actually reaches a stamp pad that says yeah. okay. <laughs> and she, she's actually she, she she gets up for that penetration and shows that she's the words O and K are on her buttocks and the clients from Brunei are like great because <laughs> it's like the third too it's like the third test the first one let me see if I can remember these the first one was that she I guess just it had to be a beautiful girl between the ages of what 18 and 23 or something like that it was something like that and then the second one she you know since men from uh, this area really love a girl who you know lets them know they're doing something right she has to be loud in bed so she has to of course then fake an orgasm do it it very loudly and uh, then of course we get 
the the seat of doom <laughs> what have you <laughs> with the two giant protruding yeah. i mean they even had like for for, for the uh, they have a mo- moan meter essentially yes <laughs> set up and <laughs> ding 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 ding, ding. <laughs> oh and he was so happy when she reached the uh peak of it too man that, I, I, and and when I saw those words like O oh, and K on on her butt, I was, I was in fucking heaven. That was so funny. <laughs> I, I didn't expect that. You know? It's so ridiculous. It's great. And uh, yeah, there's a rape skit with Wong Yat Fei who accidentally rapes a traffic cop. You know, fun. Rape is fun in this movie. <laughs> Wong Yat Fei from uh, Shaolin Soccer, uh, Iron Head from Shaolin Soccer, the guy who can take uh, uh, take bottles to the head like a read about. Yep. And uh, and uh, yeah, as we said, there's a romance thread. There's hardly a plot about that. And uh, but the main thread that happens is obviously someone uh, rats out, uh, you know, uh, Rebecca, and she's actually, you know, that whole business with uh, the pimping out business uh, is is on her now, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and uh, you know, I in Rock on Fire, I felt like spoiling things. I don't want to spoil things further. But right. all, all I got to say here is, uh, you know, one character goes all out, all out psycho, and we get a crying game moment yep. in this movie, which was certainly not expected. I not at all. <laughs> I mean, they, they tied little things together throughout it. Not no hints at that, of course, but just hints that things are going to eventually maybe go south, but. Not that south. No. <laughs> and, and it's kind of... I don't know if it's warranted darkness, but it's there, and I, I definitely didn't mind it. I, I could even look at that as another episode. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. one of the darker episodes. <laughs> and, uh, and and yeah, I mean, there's certainly a statement somewhere in here that uh, the, the entertainment industry can eat you up and, and you know, spit you out after that, you know, uh, in a heartbeat, because uh, one of the models or girls uh, rats out Rebecca, again, the Dennis Tang scene, uh, that's Dennis Tang as the uh, journalist who wants some gossip, and, and he gets some. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and then at the end, uh, there, there, there are a few kind characters left, you know, the, that guy who's, who's kind of following her around, I think, even setting her up with uh, one of the uh, movie shoots, uh, the guy who got uh, his uh, crotch area up. Uh, <laughs> sh- yeah, exactly, yeah. with cock scripts. As he's one of the kinder person still left for him mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. And uh, I, I can't forget, we I, I can't believe we forgot to mention it, uh, so I'm going to go back here. We mentioned as part of the plot synopsis that one of the things that the Rebecca is asked to participate in is, the, uh, is a commercial for milk powder. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. a wonderful little surprise because uh, she is uh, the, the, the setup is that she's uh, you know obviously breastfeeding someone mm-hmm. and she complains that he's biting he's biting oh no worries about that you know she, he's biting and he's a fucking adult or or or, or a little person even in uh, in uh, dressed up as a baby as we see at the tail end of uh, tail end of the sequence when he turns around you know it's been someone that's really been biting her like while I'm watching that scene I'm just like why the hell did I even have a baby there in the first place? Couldn't it just be a? It, I know it's like, just, couldn't it just be a baby doll? And then if that's the case, why did you know? I mean, why let her, the you know, be uh, <laughs> sucked upon by the baby or what have you? But then, yeah, then you get that ultimate payoff, and it's just you know. And another move on. There's just so many of them. Gosh. But yeah, even in the end, crawl. Uh, it's one of those like uh, what happened afterwards we we don't get a, uh, a translation of it but it even su- mm-hmm. even suggests that it was a real life scandal which it probably wasn't but they they try to like try to like tie up the movie uh, that way yeah. via the end crawl that uh, but uh, you know it's uh, 
it's fun and it's fine. I don't mind it. I I, I would recommend it because it, the the individual bits are funny and I don't find mm. many boring bits either. And no. s- some are really dark. Stuart Long is the fucking king of this movie. He's wonderful in it. You know, yeah, it's a rape scene, but he gets VD. It's quite dark actually. I know they're raping a girl with VD, and who says no, 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 no? You know, that's never that's never fun, but. God damn it! <laughs> you know the, the the way the whole gag is uh, is uh, is set up, and 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 the the contrast that you get to experience with an actor like Stuart Dong is on full display here, especially when comparing Rock on Fire and Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I had tons of fun. I I, I laughed, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm probably a, a bigger Stuart Dong fan than ever because all these episodes with you has kind of been very. We we've encountered so much Stuart Dong stuff without even seeking it out aside from this episode yeah this was the first time purposefully treading on ong waters yeah and uh, there's plenty plenty more to to be had so um but um that, that concludes my notes on it do you have anything else you want to mention about the film no i think we pretty much covered all the best moments i'm with you like you said like a five and a half six out of ten i, I would probably be go around the same thing if we were doing a scale like that mm-hmm. it's a it's a better than average kind of entertaining little softcore romp you know they, i mean it's super episodic it doesn't try to hide that fact and uh yeah you kind of if you have a similar mindset as we do i'm sure you'll have a good time mm-hmm. well maybe that really was the intent that they said like we we, we don't want to tell much of a story but let's just write some try and write some fun episodes you know right and uh, and and goddamn it, they 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 kind of did too. And uh, <laughs> director Tony Mark kept uh, kept track of o- almost every episode really because uh, a lot of them were very fun, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe that's a challenge, a filmmaking challenge as well to like uh, really play with open cards. Some yeah. Hong Kong movies are not pretty in that regard, though. Uh, I remember, out of all things, Inspector Westcott's two was one of those movies that were. Oh my god, they're just making it up as they go along. These episodes are not funny, and then they add a an action scene to kind of tie it up at the end, and, and some Amy Yip uh, boob jokes, and they have it. And it was kind of boring in that regard uh, for that one. But uh, that's uh, that's um, that's all good. We're all good. We had fun. Next time, <laughs> next time on Tidy Whitey Theater, which might not be the next this week is this episode, we might have a. Rape by an Angel 2 and 3 coverage in between, but uh, I'm still going to announce the next Tidy Whitey Theater, and we got a special one here, because, you know, we, we, we're playing with open cards as well, and we are not, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, nice about certain things. we got to tell it like it is, and you you got to, you know, talk of, it, talk of it as it is and what it is. And for the two movies I've chosen next time, you can't, like, in a subtle way, talk about it and, and kind of means words or anything. So the movies we're going to cover are... First of all, Ghoul, Sex Squad, and Mindfuck. <laughs> all right. Which is uh, fun in its own right, you know. And yeah. the connection here is it's it's apparently from the same director. Uh, the info on it is very sparse. No HKMDB listing, only IMDB listings. And what what the one movie is, Ghoul, Sex Squad, is a very low-budget hopping vampire movie with actual hardcore sex in it. Between humans and hopping vampires. And Mindfuck is from the same director that also has hardcore sex scenes in it. So we are going the hardcore route. We are not even doing Category 3 now because hardcore was not allowed in Category 3. We should state. Not allowed. There are movies that were 
cut way down to like uh, from hardcore uh, movies like Trilogy of Lust, the first one was released as a category three edit, but lots of it taken out. You know, uh, it, it originally it was tons of hardcore stuff in that one. Uh, Ghoul Sex Squad and Mindfuck were really on the fringe movies. You know, <laughs> really on the fringe movies. Doubt they had a cinema release in edited oh, form. Yeah. And they are available subtitled, believe it or not. For some reason, we spoke of this uh, before the show. For some reason, the prints or, or versions available have newly generated English subtitles over the Chinese ones. And it's not like it's fan sub. I think it's from a Western video release from someone at some time. And they retranslated the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that you would need it, really, but right. we, we, we can understand these movies. Good Sex Squad and Mindfuck will get their due here. And... Uh, and I, I don't know, it's not necessarily a good movie, Ghoul Sex Squad, but goddammit, it, it, because of what it is, it yeah, needs to be spoken right. off. Absolutely. Because you don't get a hoppy vampire hardcore porn movie every every day in your life. Uh, so. <laughs> Far removed from even the worst of the Lam Ching Ying movies, if you will. <laughs> Far removed. And uh, if you really think about it, it's disturbing. It's disturbing as hell, you know, because there's necrophilia in that movie, for fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's what we're doing next time, you know. uh, Really don't have any people around you when you're watching those movies, you know. It's work! No, yeah. Research! It'll be on the laptop in the corner. (laughs) In the way. Really quietly, you know. <laughs> so that's what we're doing next time on Tidy Whitey Theater. So some contact information before we sign off. And you've been listening to This Week in Sleaze on Podcast on Fire Network. And the website is podcastonfire.com. Email podcastonfire at googlemail.com. Message forum where you can't register at the moment, but those of you that have can locate it at podcastonfire.com forward slash forum. Check out the members only stuff in there no this week in sleeves added stuff actually for for that section no this week in sleeves added boner episode yet but we, we, we'll get to that yes. um, and uh, maybe in quantity too you never know uh, on Facebook facebook.com forward slash POF network is our page our discussion group is uh, podcast on fire network it's called so just search that in the Facebook search box and follow us on Twitter twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire and uh, among other things, I write about all this filth on my s- site, SoGoodReviews.com, and video review that filth on at SleazyKVideo.com. And follow me if you want to read about that filth on Twitter.com forward slash SoGoodReviews. And uh, subscribe to the Podcast on Fire Network via iTunes. We would love to get a rating and comment if you like the show. Appreciate that very much. And uh, you can stream us via Stitcher, Stitcher.com, and download that to your computer if you like like it on your computer or if you like it on your mobile device for instance you can download a free app so search podcast on fire network once you're in the application and you can add each show individually so we thank you for listening to us via stitch and for them to feature even this week in sleaze on 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 as part of their uh, available shows they might uh, bow out uh, when they realize we put up ghoul, ghoul sex squad and mind fuck later on this year but you know, <laughs> And um, again, shelf like flowing. Thanks to Brian Kirby for designing the intro and outro. Check out his T-shirts. He always has some wonderful stuff up there. I own a bunch of them, and Brian has been very good to 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 the show in the past. So shelflifeclothing.com. And uh, your two endeavors, uh, really quick, Josh. And uh, you can catch me with at barrycelluloid.net or listen to me on the V Cinema podcast. 
can be found on iTunes. I think John's got a Stitcher for that now, too. Yes. vcinemashow.com. Go there. Lots of awesome people mm-hmm. writing on that blog mm-hmm. daily. Do, so. do you have time to write yourself for vcinema, or you keep your writing to very celluloid? Uh, primarily on varied celluloid just because of the time thing. But, like, occasionally I'll uh, throw something up on vCinema. Not too long ago, I think I did, like, a, um, did a Moonleaf film that I covered on varied celluloid. But, like, I had del- thought I had deleted my uh, review, and ultimately I wrote an new- entirely new one. So I had, like, two very different reviews for the same movie, and I ended up going one on varied celluloid, one on vCinema. Right on. So. Yeah. Okay, that's us signing off. So I've been your host, one of your hosts, Lisa K, and uh, feeling uh, as Lisa as ever and loving it. You know, I don't need to wash <laughs> off these shows, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with me was the great Lord, Joshua Regal. Yes, 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 sir. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, thank you for listening and see you next time. You brave souls that come back for Tidy Whitey Fear the next time, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get a challenge next time, I guess. <laughs> if you can endure us talking about the actual hardcore hardcore porn on this show, oh we'll, my we'll see. 